Ethan Quantier, Derek Smith Jr., Rabina Apia, Terrell Store, Nathaniel Butler, to talk about their secrets to success. For watching Linked Up on LinkedIn. Linked Up on LinkedIn. Linked Up on LinkedIn. Linked Up on LinkedIn. Hi, welcome to the second episode of Linked Up on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm your host, Max Sweeting, and I'm super excited, super excited to launch this program where we're going to talk about life, business, and professionalism. Today, we have as our guest on the show, Derek Smith Jr., and I, I got his profile open here, and, and Derek W. Smith Jr., who has the, 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 the acronyms or the accreditations uh, of CAMS and CRCMP is a senior risk and compliance professional. He's a certified anti-money laundering specialist. He's a Rotarian. He's a public speaker. Uh, he's also the top 40 under 40, uh, uh, one of the top 40 under 40 uh, leaders. Um, and his compliance and money laundering MLRO officer at Higgs and Johnson, uh, a leading law firm in the country. Uh, and you know, so Derek has a, a extremely robust uh, bio here on LinkedIn. And the reason why we wanted to do it here is because when you think about social media and you think about professionals, it is usually the, the, the social media that's least, that we're least attentive to. Um, and so Derek has uh, obviously put some attention into updating his uh, LinkedIn profile. Derek, it's a pleasure having you as, uh, as our second guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm very good, Matt, and it's good to be here. I'm yeah. excited to talk about compliance and the profession. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and that's a good segue because you know, you know, when I texted you about this, Derek, and 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 I, I've been thinking about compliance and I saw your pieces that not only you do for eyewitness news, but other publications as well. I and and see your beautiful photo there in the newspaper. I think about how how much compliance has gotten a better shine a better look uh more appealing promotion around it over the last i would say probably five years have you are you in agreement with this have you noticed this as well that compliance has a different feel in this day and age what i what i would say is that the feel is different the requirements are different um and the look may be changing yeah yeah, I think I, I think that's I think that's reasonable. So let's talk about the role of a compliance officer. Let's let's start there, Derek. Tell us what a compliance officer does. Yeah, sure, sure. So let me first indicate that a compliance officer in one organization may look different than a compliance officer in another. What you notice a compliance officer in a law firm versus a real estate firm versus a commercial bank versus a private equity firm versus a hospital, okay, uh, versus a police force will all look and feel different. However, there are one or two, one or two points that are constant amongst them all. They all are there for the simple root point to ensure that the organization is aware of its regulatory environment. And it also has the policies and procedures that are minimum put in place within their particular organization to meet that regulatory demand. 
And where there are any types of breaks and discrepancies, those breaks and discrepancies are mitigated, they are managed, and they are monitored until they are fully removed. Understood, understood. And and so this, um, would we say, and again, I'm, I'm a layman in these terms, uh, Derek, so please help me out here. Would we say that there's been an increase in demand for professionals in compliance post-FACA? Is that fair to say? Post-FACA, that's a very interesting point. What, if we're looking at from, from the Bahamian standpoint, the direct change in the interest and or the demand is correlated to the repeal and replaced Financial Transaction Reporting Acts, Financial Transaction Regulations, and POCA of 2018 and their subsequent amendments. Within 2018, it then brought designated non-financial businesses and professionals under the purview of the regulation. So before that point in time, the banks were regulated, offshore and onshore. After that point in time, then you had the real estate firms now being regulated. You had the law firms now being regulated. And you have other designated non-financial businesses and professions being regulated. So you can correlate the demand within our, within our um, Bahamas to the fact of the regulations changing. Yeah, yeah. So, so you mentioned that a couple. Be, that can be quantified, not Understood. You mentioned a couple acronyms. You mentioned POCA, mm -hmm. FTRA, and and I started with the one factor. Help us with those three acronyms, please. Sure. So so POCA, and as you know, we have a home office now due to COVID, due to COVID nineteen and all of the things. So you know, if, if, if my sons or or one of my many decide to pop in. <laughs> That's my disclaimer, right? Of course. So you have the proceeds of crime act. You have the proceeds of crime act when I say poker, okay? And that um, provides the, the framework for what happens when an offense is created, along with other points um, in reference to our financial community, okay? FTRA, which is the Financial Transaction uh, Reporting Act, um, FTRR, which is financial transaction reporting regulation, okay? As we move on from there, as you move on from there, you're talking about CRS, the Common Reporting Standard, um, which is which is generally um, within uh, the European environment. You're talking about FACTA, and that's that's basically the U a U.S.-based uh, requirement. I got you. I got you. So, you know. When we talk about this diverse background of yours, you and I originally connected, I, I think it was more OYP and, and, and uh, Junior Achievement was where we initially rubbed shoulders. Tell us about your, your maturation from when you and I connected and you ran your own business for many, many years um, to, to now. Give us the short version of that journey for you. All right, so the short version is that I was led by God's steps. That's the short version, period. Mm -hmm. um, the medium version would be as I was afforded opportunities upon opportunities uh, uh, based on hard work and persons um, thinking that I may have had something that I did not see in myself. Mm 
over the last 21 years. Um, the first opportunity um, was through Ray Winder and Kendra Christie at then Deloitte. One was the senior partner, one was the manager, and it gave okay. the opportunities in auditing, liquidation, client accounting, corporate services. As I moved into City Trust, I was given an opportunity there by one of the past presidents of the Bahamas Association of Compliance Officers, Natasha Bastian, and Stacia Major. And they brought me into the first iteration of what I saw was compliance. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, after we moved on from there, um, I moved into my personal business. Um, that was interesting enough, started as photography um, um, with my wife, started as photography and invitation and design, and then morphed into public relations, morphed into uh, new media marketing before persons even coined with new media marketing. Uh, was website right. design, so on and That's so right. forth, that afforded me some local and international opportunities to work with some some strategic partners. Um, I re-entered the financial space in 2015, and from then I've, I've moved through fiduciary risk, I've moved through internal audit, um, also compliance, and the combination, uh, and the culmination now, which is risk and compliance within the um, designated non-financial services um, businesses and profession, which is at the law firm. Right. And that's right. me in a nutshell over 21 years. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yes. Medium version. Medium version. And I really appreciate that. So let's, let's talk about, let's talk about, you know, I, you know, in my notes to you earlier, I was talking about the fact that, and I, and I believe it's fair to say fact that, that when you go to career day, and I think, you know, we had something similar in junior achievement where, you know, a number of businesses would come out and we, we want to spark the young people's thoughts about what you're going to do with your life. Have you ever heard a young person say, yeah. I want to be a compliance officer? Is that, is that, that's not the, that's not, that, you don't usually hear that, do you? That is not a usual question. And that's definitely not a usual statement. Uh, the reality of the matter is, the more um, the, the professions that have been here for for a time, such as the accountancy, um, medicine, and law, engineering, you know, those that were built through times and periods in history for a particular reason, okay, um, the, the, those were the ones that personally put their hands up for. But I can tell you that all of those professions uh, lend to good feeders. For compliance yeah. mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. you need to know your history you need to know your law you need to understand accounting you understand controls yes all of these are good assets for somebody who's interested in the compliance and risk profession and i use Absolutely. it interchangeably because those two uh, are married whether persons want to believe it or not yeah yeah let's then talk about your move to to communicate compliance in a different way. It must be, you know, when I read your publications and your consistency in doing so, it must be a labor of love to continually share that message uh, in the multiple ways that you do. Tell me about your effort and your logic behind doing that. No problem. So through the, I've always wanted to write. And the, I looked at everything as either an obstacle or an opportunity. Okay, through every situation. And as we went into uh, what was the pandemic, and I heard a lot of local and international 
leaders, and I inverted commas, but I'd say as managers or heads of organizations in government, um, speak to the fact that we could not have been prepared. And the reality was, Matt, that is far from the truth. Okay? Um, within the risk and compliance world, especially for those who have been in a regulated environment, and I've had the opportunity um, to work in a multinational um, bank, okay? Um, where I had um, opportunities to work with my Switzerland, my, my Zurich, my Singapore, my Kenyan counterpart, and testing their environment. We have something called business continuity plan. And this was second nature to many of these organizations. And this is why you see the regulated industries faring very well compared to unregulated industries. Mm. Because within the Bahamas, for example, this was mandatory from basically 2008. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So basically mm -hmm. 2008, 2009, 2010, they're like, I need to see a BCP yeah. or some version of it. Yeah. Okay. So when you talk about, and you talk about threat. And you say, why am I doing it? I start to write because I realized that persons didn't understand it. And they were speaking from a place um, of they may have heard some clap notes and some persons who they respected say something and then they repeated it within their own domain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I wanted to start to speak and that person to understand that compliance is something that is a partner for your business. Yes. A lot of organizations look at compliance as a risk and an expense. And I beg to say different. I would say yeah. without compliance, you may have bigger expenses like financial so, risks so, so, so. <laughs> and fines, okay? Yes. And, and onboarding unscrupulous um, clients, yeah. which yeah. will then be risky to your business. <laughs> you took 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years to build For sure. For sure. in one shot. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so that, yeah, so that's why I started to work. Right. Yeah. Right. I got you. I got you. I appreciate that. So let then... Um, uh, let's talk about if I'm in the financial services arena, maybe I'm a teller at the bank, uh, maybe I'm, I'm somewhere in the, in, the, in the field, in the industry. Tell me how do I get into compliance? Where would you suggest I go? I'm, I'm second year teller at, at, at one of the commercial institutions, but I wanna make that transition into compliance. Where do I get the education? What opportunities might there be for me? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so because I am because I am an executive of the Bahamas Association of Compliance Officers, and we have a very good relationship uh, with BIF, um, I it would be remiss if I remiss if I didn't indicate that you should seek the ICA um, examination that's offered by BIF um, in collaboration with Bahamas Association of Compliance Officers and other partners. Um, that's an option. Okay, look into that. Uh, see what are the minimum requirements there. Um, I am. CAM certified, so I have a US-based um, money laundering, anti-money laundering certification. Um, that certification allows various ways for you to uh, gain eligibility. Um, I can speak a lot more confidently in that regard. Um, one is that to have a bachelor's degree as a minimum, um, and also to have two years of related experience. Let's say you don't have a bachelor's degree, they would look at the years of experience within that particular field whether it be law, uh, whether it be a control environment, like internal audit or bind control environment. So if you're like a teller, what I would suggest, what I would suggest is look at, do you have any, um, any control functions within your branch or within your organization um, um, that you may be interested in? You may not necessarily go to compliance automatically, but you may go to 
um, being um, an assistant credit officer. What is that assistant credit officer does? That person takes all of the documents and checks it back and makes sure that everything is um, as per the policy and procedure, that nothing is missing. That is the type of skill that is transferable into a full-fledged compliance environment. You follow me? Yes. Or you may have a unit compliance officer at your branch who needs an assistant. That's an opportunity mm -hmm. to get another set of skills that can be transferred. Um, Purpose persons make it hard. Um, and I know some of my colleagues would be upset about it. But really and truly, you just have to have an eye for detail. Mm. The right level of experience or exposure or education in order to meet the eligibility, and then you start to take your 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 exams. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, well, let's close. Let's close on this thought. But well, I got a closing question. Uh, but let's talk about Rotary. Rotary, yes. Um, yes, Rotary, you, definitely. You um, you've you've been involved with Rotary. If I had to guess, I, I'm going to guess somewhere about eight years now. Is that is that a fair guess? What what, what the numbers looking like? I'm a I'm at plus five, so I'm at six years. Okay. This may be six, six years. Yeah. You're at six years. You're you're a professional. You've always had uh, a civic, uh, philanthropic uh, uh, mindset, both you and your wife. Tell us uh, why a professional should be a part of Rotary. Sure. So the reality is Rotary originally was started. Rotary was originally started um, by several gentlemen who rotated meetings on their lunch break. And interesting enough, I have the opportunity now to be the regional um, lead for something called Rotary Means Business. And I, I tell persons as I speak about it, is that Rotary Means Business takes Rotary back to its original meaning. Mm. The, the philanthropic aspect of Rotary came about some 30, 40, 50 years later in, in mass. Yes, they had a project um, within Chicago where they put the first um, outside toilet out for persons to use and stuff of that nature and so on and so forth. And you see all the work that's being done around the world with um, eradicating polio in so many, so many countries. Why join Rotary? Because Rotary is a service above self. It's mm. giving back to your community that gave so much for your growth, so much for your financial, your mental, and your health growth, and your professional growth. Right, right. And yep. I must say, always Rotary Club of Ford is always here for you. Please feel free <laughs> to, to like, click, and subscribe. Yes, yes. How do I how do I get more information on on Rotary Old Fort with the club you're oh, part of? Oh, definitely. We are we are on so we are on all social media platforms. Uh, that's Rotary Old Fort on IG. Uh, that's Rotary Old Fort on Facebook and Rotary Old Fort um, on LinkedIn. But of course. But of course. Um, yes. So my closing question was about about the the. And we kind of briefly talked about this as well. Um, in the in the gamut of financial services arena, where does someone in compliance or with compliance specialties and certifications and uh, accreditations is the word accreditations or accreditations? What, what is it? Dations? Tations? No. So you are you are a holder of a license. Mm -hmm. If you are a CAMS holder, and that's for mm. a particular period of time, and you have to be recertified. So it's okay. not an accreditation. Okay? okay. It's a designation. It's a designation. Okay. I got you. So so the question is someone with a, a range of compliance related designations, 
Um, where do where are they in the hierarchy of income um, in the financial services arena? This is a, this is a big question. question. <laughs> big, big, big question. Because so, so listen, what, the, the, the scenario was, hey, listen, I'm trying to get out of this teller job. There's, there's very little room for me to move up the chain in commercial banking. Where the opportunity is? Go ahead. Yeah. So what I would what I would what I would lead persons to is I'd lead persons uh, to the Google. <laughs> uh, but in all honesty, if you're in financial services, if you're in financial services, um, it, it notes a lot of the jobs, a lot of the jobs.com, um, and some of our research notes that compliance uh, associates assistance um, start roughly around 30, 35. And it could range um, north of two hundred thousand dollars, depends on where you are within that um, within that sphere. Also, based on your qualifications, based on the risk attached to your particular organization. Okay. Um, obviously, obviously, you know, most persons may 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 hover within uh, somewhere around that that seventy to one hundred five, one ten range, um, and that's country to country to country to country. Okay. Um, and that's relative to you know taxes within a state, for example, compliance officers within New York will will be you know highly compensated considering the tax levels and the high cost of living versus a rural area where you may be doing the same type of work, but fifty or sixty or seventy thousand dollars will go a lot further. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, that's Quant here. You've been watching Linked Up on LinkedIn.